Hello and welcome to episode two of Not Another Rugby Podcast, brought to you by ruck.co.uk and Altius Images. I'm your host, Todd Dudley, and I'm joined, as always, by the editor-in-chief of ruck.co.uk and my co-host, Steve Smith. Steve, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad, mate. It's good to be back for another episode. It is indeed back for episode two. We love it. So coming up on this week's episode, we take a look at some one-cap wonders and ask the question as to why they didn't get more international action. And then we will, as always, take a look at all of the rugby we saw over the weekend. Steve, another very busy weekend and lots and lots of rugby. Um, but how was it? Did you enjoy the weekend of rugby? Unlike most people, you know, I actually very much enjoyed Newcastle's game against Sale <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> now, Some of the other stuff, maybe not quite as much. But Now, did you enjoy it because you are just a purist and you love the game? Or did you just enjoy it because Toby Flood scored a last minute winner? I'm not sure. I think it's a bit of both. Like, I love a game where it's, a, you know, a battle and it's close. So, yeah. But if we had lost, I probably wouldn't have been a massive fan. So you're probably about right there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, more, <laughs> more to come on that game and all the others a little bit later on. Uh, but for now, we're going to start with uh, start with the topic of the week. So we're going to discuss some players that have earned just one cap for their country. And we're going to have a little chat as to why this might have been the case and whether they should have had more. Uh, the way we're going to structure it, we've, we've sort of picked like five players each and we've sort, we don't really know how we've ranked them, but we think we've ranked them from the person that we think deserved one cap the most to up to the people that probably deserve some more caps, um, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, but Steve, let's not worry too much about that. Let's jump in. Uh, so who have you got at number five, whatever number five means? I've got Joe Simpson. Joe Simpson. Number five. Okay, very good. Uh, and have you done your, uh, he might be on my list later as well, but have you done your research as to when he got his cap? Do you know that? Uh, not entirely sure of the, exactly the year. What 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 was it? Mate, you, have, you let me in. Have a, you have a guess. Have a guess. I'll be interested to know. 2013. Not far off, to be fair. It was 2011. Uh, it was in the 2011 World Cup. And it was against was ever an the example, mighty Georgia. If there was ever an example that talent means zilch, yeah, it's the fact that Willie Hines has thirteen times more caps than him. I mean, despite being as yeah, that is that is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's he's one of, he's one of those that has been for a long, long, long time an absolutely class operator at Premiership level. And like even still, his name gets like thrown into the mix every now and again. But I mean, he's thirty-two. It's looking unlikely that he's going to get any more. I think he really is the whole package. I, I like to see him as like being quite reliable and measured, like Ben Youngs. But he does have a flair like Robson as well. Yeah. Like he's got both. Yeah, agreed. And not many, not many players do really. It's either one way or the other. You see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think it, it is definitely a shape. I mean. It's one of those that obviously Ben Youngs has dominated that shirt for so long and then Danny Kerr did for obviously a long time too. So he did have some some decent competition during his own career. But at the same time, you what I mean, well, you saw him play on Friday night and just he just he's just so good. So just so good all the time. Very rarely does anything anything bad really. He also holds the world record for the fastest ever rugby pass. I'm not sure how that relates, but it's Pretty cool. Hey, it's got a, it's got a cap or something, hasn't it? Ben yeah. Young Ben Young well, doesn't have any word. Actually, he might do, but but yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure he's happy with that that over more more caps. I'm sure he definitely doesn't want 25 grand a game for playing for England. As long as he's got his world record, then he's fine. He's got a certificate on the wall. <laughs> looking proud. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So my my number five. I also have a a player that is still playing. I think he is anyway. Um, I've got I've got the Worcester Warriors stalwart Chris Pennell. Um, oh, good, nice pick. Yeah, and he, so he he got one cap in the 2014 tour of New Zealand, um, and he came off the bench and they lost 20, 20 points to fifteen. So I mean i I've got him main I've got him mainly because I couldn't find that many players that did have one cap, so he made the list almost by default. But I think to be fair, similar to Joe Simpson, to be fair, he's just been a proper, proper stalwart of the Premiership when Worcester have been in the Premiership and the Championship when they've been down there. Um, he sort of st- stuck with the club 
I think he's been club captain for a, quite a while now. I think Ted Hill's the on-pitch captain, but I think he might still be club captain. Um, and just a bit of a, a legend and a hero of the club. So, yeah, he makes my list, but I can very much see why he doesn't have more than one cap. No disrespect to him. Um, he's a very good player, but the quality that England have had in their back three over the last 10 years has been has been pretty good. So Can't argue with that. Don't have much to add. I think, like you say, we've had so much quality. Like you say, um, Nick Abenendon's got two caps yeah. as well. Yeah. And he's a player who could have arguably had a lot more. So... But and I think we'll see if there might be another backline player from England on my list. So there's probably going to be quite a few. Okay, okay, interesting. Well, in on, in that in that case, then let's go to number four. Who have you got? Frank the Tank, Frank Halai. Frank Halai, yeah, good shout, good shout. He he he's not. I I found him, but he's not on my he's not on my list. So tell us a little bit about about Big Frank. He's big. He's tonguing. He's fast. He's powerful. He's like the one cap wonders version of Jonah Lomu, I think. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. You know, sp- spread it wide and he's going to barrel over the trial line and get you five points. You know, he won his one cap in 2013. Like, I think similar to what you said with Pennell, just a victim of the sheer competition for players. Yeah. But he's always looked, he was, you know, a fantastic player for Wasps and I think he, he might still be going in major league rugby for <laughs> Austin, I think. <laughs> How how old is he now? Do you know? Oh, should I check? He's getting on a bit. What isn't do you he? think? He's getting on. I'm. Oh Christ. Uh, I don't. I have literally no comprehension. Let's say he's only thirty. He's only thirty-two. To be fair. Oh, is he? Oh, I was yeah, going to so say like late thirties, but a recall is still on the card. Mate, he's still doing the damn thing. What a bloke. Good lad. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't have masses. Masses more to add to uh, to Frank the Tank. That's a. That's a. That is a good shout. To be fair. Um, my number four, I've got, I've got a, I've got a winger as well, to be fair. And this one's, I've thrown this one in just cause I, w- I want to have a bit of a chat about him. So he's currently got one cap, but I think he can definitely get more and it's Ollie Thorley. So maybe doesn't quite fit the brief as a one cap wonder cause he's definitely got the potential of getting more, but I just want to throw him in there and have a little chat because there are just a ridiculous amount of English wingers at the moment that seem to be seem to be playing very well um so i just thought to throw him in and then we can have a chat about him what what, what do you reckon like, i i love him because he's rapid he's big and strong and he just like runs into people like he's going to kill them so i i like him a lot what, what do you reckon uh well i did a list of the fastest england players of all time and his 100 meter speed ranks number one so that's how quick the guy is Holy moly. faster than johnny Mayer. jesus so, I just want to see him giving a proper chance to, you know, play because I feel like he's been in the squad now for like a year and a half and not really got the chance to um, show what he's about. Yeah. And I think if you're going to keep calling up, you've got to at least give him a go. Mm-hmm. Like we've been playing Jonathan Joseph on the wing. I'm not sure what's going on there. It just doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had that. We we mentioned that last week, didn't we? That we we like him as a player, but there's just so, there's there's a lot of other options. But then, I don't know. It's just It's just tricky, isn't it? Like, if Johnny, he seems to like Jonathan Joseph, but if Jack Noel comes back and he's fit, if Johnny, if Johnny May and Jack Noel are fit, Thorley's he's probably not getting a look in, is he? Really? You're right. Well, I think he need the problem is he's got now with Gloucester as well. He's got Reece Samet yeah. and May in the same team as well. So yeah. if he's just in the England squad and not playing, and then you'll go back to Gloucester and may have to play slightly out of position to be in the team. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's got to struggle on two fronts there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, probably probably want to revisit in a few years to see if he actually stayed as a one cap wonder or if he if he got some more game time. I'm hoping he does because we'll, I I like him. We'll revisit it at episode one or two. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I like it. Right, okay, number three. Who have you got? Christian Wade. Oh, Christian Wade. Now. Obviously, you are, <laughs> of the two of us, you are the editor-in-chief of Rock.co.uk, so you would definitely be the expert. Has he not got more than one cap? Mm, I am pretty sure he doesn't. I'm just going to do some quick Googling, mate. I don't want to call you out on it or anything, but we'll, you know we'll get comments. I mean, we could just throw it out there to, to hope that people mo- complain at us anyway, because any press is good Christian press. Christian right? Wade, one cap. Christian Wade, England, one cap. Jesus. 
That's pretty nuts, isn't it? That is nuts. I could have had him higher. I probably should have had him higher on my list, to be honest. Now, I I didn't put him in purely because I I don't know. I just thought I could I can just picture him in an England shirt, so I just assumed he had more than one cap. Well, it's like when you look at the when you look at it, he's made eight, six appearances for the Saxons as well. So, and uh, I used to love yeah, watching okay. Saxons. I'm yeah. a big fan of the Saxons because that's always like the fan favorite players, isn't it? You yeah. know, like those people, those club men that don't quite get into the senior cell. Well, and they and they always they always play some rugby as well, which is nice. Oh yeah, I mean the last time they played was in South South Africa a few years ago. Yeah, Nick Nick, Tom, Nick Tompkins was playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? We so we Nick Tompkins played for the Saxons. We had Johnny Williams scoring for England against the Barbarians last year, and then they both played played against us on at the weekend. I think the interesting thing about Wade though is he actually was he won his first cap in Argentina in 2013, and mm. then he was picked in the team to play that weekend. But then Gatland called him into the Lions. Yeah, yeah. So I was, so I was just going to mention the reason that. He became, yeah, so that's the reason he became a one cap wonder because he got There's picked for the Lions. One cap wonder stories. He didn't even play a test for the Lions, did he? I don't think. No. No, he went on tour but didn't play a test. But to be fair, I mean, he's made, I guess he's made the most of it. He left left Wasps like a couple of years ago and over in America playing for the playing in the NFL, isn't he? So, I mean, he's doing he's doing okay. Yeah, he would have definitely went on to become the record premiership try scorer as well if he yeah. stayed. Because he, he was on 82 when he left. Yeah. And I think the record's... In the nineties, okay, yeah, he, so he, not far. He's probably averaging 10, 15 tries a season. Yeah, yeah definitely. Didn't he score five or six in one game? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, I think that was in the season that that he left. Actually, I think it was right at the start of that season. Well, you know, if you score that many tries and you don't get a call up, it might be time just to you know let it be. Yeah, yeah. I'm just just having a little look. So September fifth this year, so not that long ago, he was signed to the practice squad of the Buffalo Bills. So he's still in the practice squad. Um, not quite made the actual playing squad just yet, but I mean, he's got, he's got all the talent, hasn't he? I think he just probably needs to work out the game a bit, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Mate, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I mean, he definitely should be on this list. I just, I just thought he had more caps. So that's a great shot. Yeah, I can understand why, because like you say, he played for the Saxons quite a lot. Yeah. I think he's played for England A, he played for England in the 20s, so there's like 20 images and the se- of him in the sevens as well. all over. Yeah, yeah. And the sevens. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Well, my number my number three is Joe Simpson, so we don't need, to, don't need to go over him again. So who's your number two? Steve Hanley. Ooh, good one. I like it. You know, make, making your debut age 19 against Wales and scoring a try. You probably think, oh, this is. I'm in here. This is easy. I'm in. <laughs> I know they. I know they lost the game, but you would think, you know, I'll come back stronger. I've had an okay showing. Yeah. Actually, he did get he did get smashed over by Scott Gibbs for that try, though. So, I think. <laughs> Mate, that he's that's going that's going back a little bit. That's a bit of a throwback, isn't it? Bit of a throwback, but I thought, you know a teenage sensation breaking onto the scene and then not getting any more caps. Yeah. And he had a stellar premiership career with Sale. Yep. So I'm not quite sure what happened there. Yeah, I'm just looking. 191 appearances for Sale, 525 points. So scored scored a fair few tries as well. But yeah. Scored a, yeah, scored 104 tries, 75 of which are in the Prem. So, I mean, yeah, hell of, hell of a player to be fair. Yeah, and you think of a player who with that sort of record, who made his debut at 19 you would think he might have 50 caps yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's fairly uh that's fairly new zealand of us to have an exciting 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 guy that comes on the scene and then we just bin him off that's fine <laughs> yeah that's he, the way we do it he was probably like he was sort of a bit like the first for, in terms of england like i guess like him and you'd put ben cohen in the mix as well but the first like big winger he was yeah. a, he was a big unit wasn't he yeah, his shoulders, you know, you could park a car between them. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit he's a big boy. I like it. That is a good shout. That is a very good shout. Uh my number two, I think he's also a very good shout, to be fair, is Regan King. So oh, I forgot him. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm I was pretty pleased with this one, I'm not gonna lie. Um but, so he got one cap for New Zealand in two thousand and two against Wales and scored a try. 
um, and then never played for them again. A bit of that was to do with injury, um, but the big part of that was because he came over. He came over this way to Europe um, and played a little bit. I think a little bit at Stade Francais, but mostly at Scarlets. Um, spent like a total of in two stints, a total of eight years and over 150 caps for the Scarlets. Has a British passport because his dad's British, um, but because of that, obviously would have qualified for Wales on residency, but because of that one cap for New Zealand, didn't play any more international rugby. So always seems a bit harsh. Well, yeah, I mean, and I guess that, and my, my, my number one will sort of add to this conversation, but there is quite a lot of chat, particularly to do with, um, particularly to do with like Pacific Islanders who maybe get one cap for New Zealand and then can't go and represent Fiji or Samoa or Tonga. Do you think that that, do you think that that rule needs to change? Do you think that if you do have up to one cap or maybe up to three caps that, and then a certain amount of time has passed, you should be able to sort of re- re-qualify for another country? Or or do you think that once you've committed to, to one, you should you should be sort of stuck in that like it is at the moment? I think whatever strengthens the game and makes the games more competitive mm. would be a good thing. You know, obviously, I think like Marco Vonopola recently said, he doesn't want to, you know, go in and take the spot of someone else who's worked for that spot, yeah. which is understandable. But I think sometimes, like, one of the examples I always come back to is, like, Toby Flood not being able to play for Germany. And now you think, who does that, that hurt <laughs> yeah, yeah. if Toby Flood goes and plays for Germany? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is... It would only benefit <laughs> te- clubs, teams like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, it, obviously, like, rugby careers are pretty short. And, again, for, particularly for like the Pacific Island teams, they, their, their rugby career sort of like basically funds their entire family, their entire village, like the whole place that they're from. So of course they're going to try and take the route that makes them the most money, which in that example would be to play for New Zealand or Australia or, or whatever, because then you're immediately going to be paid more money. So I think trying to do that and then it not quite working out to then not be allowed to contribute to your, to your national side, I think is a, is a bit, is a bit tough, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. I think, like you said, maybe if you have, you could have a cap limit, a cooling off period. Mm. Either of those would work. Yeah, I think, I think so. A cooling off period, if it's like 18 months or something even, just would be fine. I think so, like they're, yeah. they're more, you would say that those sort of players are more legible to play for the team for than someone who's just moved to England for three years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, he's he spent a good chunk of his life Regan King spent a really good chunk of his life like contributing to Welsh rugby with the Scarlets, uh, but just and and I mean like he was a good player. Probably would have probably would have played for Wales if he could, but but yeah, didn't get couldn't get the call up. Nice, right? And then that yeah. I mean I don't know who your number one is, but that conversation will carry on with mine. But but let's start with yours. Who have you got? My favourite player of my childhood is my number one. Oh, like it, Newcastle Newcastle Falcons. Legend Hugh Vivian. Hugh <laughs> Vivian was your favourite player as a child. I don't know why. All just, right, he was just a monster. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue and that. I just remember on his last ever game for the Falcons, he scored a try against Sale Sharks in the Power Gen Cup final for to help us lift the trophy. Don't think we've lifted a trophy since, but <laughs> <laughs> mate, this could be the but, year. Yeah. This could be the year. Well, what a start it's been. Yeah, I know. I, I like I like that though. He's, he's a he and again another absolute unit of a man. He was a big big man, wasn't he? Well, he probably yeah, still probably, is. To be fair. He probably just suffered as being, you know, he was like a second row captain, and I feel like he was a little bit too similar to Martin Johnson. Yeah, okay. And you wouldn't yeah. ne- you wouldn't necessarily put two captain leaders in the same second row because yeah, you need a bit of yin and yang, don't you? Yeah, and I think that's probably why he didn't win more camps. But the interesting fact I have is he's the only player, I think, in England history to play, win one cap as captain and score a try. I mean, as international careers go, that is not that is not a bad one, isn't it? No, it may have been against Canada, but that does not matter. Mate, we don't... We, 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 I'll edit that bit out. He doesn't, he doesn't need us saying that. We can, we, can leave, we can leave that out. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good. One. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about him being your favourite player as a kid, 
But, I mean, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. It was tough time. I know we had Johnny Wilkinson, but Hugh Vivian. I know. How can you not? How can you not love Johnny? But oh well, I bet I bet Hugh because Vivian. he never because he never because Johnny never played. Man. <laughs> That's fair. That's it was fair. more like I mean, Dave Waldo was more the player I used to watch. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's valid. That's valid. Um, right. My number one, as I said, sort of carries on that conversation that we had about Regan King. Mine is Eason Athewa. Um, who played what he got one cap for Fiji in 2003. He played less than three minutes against Scotland and didn't touch the ball. He then quit the Fiji wow. national side in 2006 and tried to sort of appeal, appeal and like nullify his cap to try and play for New Zealand. But the IRB ruled that he, he wasn't allowed to do that. So then he came over here and became a legend of Leinster and Irish rugby 186 caps, over 700 points for Leinster. Obviously could have easily qualified under residency, but three, less than three minutes of rugby for Fiji and no touch of the ball stopped him qualifying for Ireland. Oh, he's, he's had an absolute mare there, hasn't he? <laughs> he really has. Yeah. He really has. Yeah. The top player for Leinster. And I feel like since he's retired, they haven't, I know they're still a force, but I just I'm, they do miss him. Hundred percent, yeah, for sure, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. And it, it's just one of those that, again, like it just seems. I, I I do understand it, and there'll definitely be people out there saying that, you know, like, oh, well, he's not Irish, or he chose to play for Fiji, and whatever. I, I I do get that, but two and a half minutes of rugby now means he just like meant that he couldn't he couldn't ever play international rugby again. It's just, it's just. He never a... got to touch a ball in an international. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bloke. That's a great fact. Poor bloke. That is a good one, isn't it? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I. It'd be interesting actually. For, so, so those that those that are listening, we would love for you to get in touch with us uh, on Twitter. Um, we are at Ruck Rugby, and just let us know how you feel about these kinds of players. Do you think that they are? They should be stuck at one cap because either they're not good enough to carry on or they made a decision to, to sort of leave and walk away from that country. Or do you think that we, that the rules should maybe be changed to have, like Steve said, like a little cooling off period, whether it's 18 months or even like something ridiculous like five years because there's, there's plenty of players that, have, that we've mentioned there that have had long, long stints elsewhere. Um, maybe we could put a little poll out on Twitter or something, Steve, to, to see what people think. We've got, I need to give one shout out to someone. And this is someone who I feel even more bad for than Isa is Jimmy Gobbeth. Ah, that's a good shout as well. Who play who I'm not sure why, but hasn't been allowed to play for any other country due to playing for New Zealand New Zealand schoolboys, I think it is. Serious? Yeah, if you look it up, that's the reason that he's not allowed. Right. It's crazy. He could have I think he he could have played. He could have literally played for England, to be honest. Yeah, he's that good of a player. Yeah, yeah. He's been here more than long enough. So, oh, he's been he's been one of the one of the Premiership's best players for a long a long time, hasn't he? Yeah. And that actually, yeah, I mean, that that straight away, I've just done, I've just looked him up. But that that straight away made me think of Nick Evans as well. But Nick Evans has got sixteen odd caps for New Zealand, so that's that one's probably yeah. Fair, I thought fair Nick enough. Evans earlier as well. Yeah. Right. Interesting. I like that. There's some good shouts in there. So just quickly give me your five again, mate, just to remind everyone. I've got at number five, Joe Simpson. Number four, Frank Kalai. Number three, Christian Wade. Number two, Steve Hanley. And number one, the legend, Hugh Vivian. The absolute legend that is Hugh Vivian. I've got number five, Chris Pennell. Four, Ollie Thorley, but TBC. Number three, Joe Simpson. Number two, Regan King. And number one, Ethan Athewa. Not not much crossover either. I thought we might have a, a bit more crossover than that, but that's good. It's like we planned it, even Almost. though we actually didn't. Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? Let people see behind the curtain a bit. We actually did not plan that one this time, but that's good. Um, right, mate. So this is what people, they want, they want to hear us talk about an absolutely stunning weekend of rugby. Um, so like last week, we'll start with the Alternations Cup. Um, we'll have a little chat about that and then we'll we'll open it out to some Prem stuff. Um, but yeah, so the, the Alternations Cup weekend kicked off uh, on Saturday. 
we had Wales versus England. Um, much talked about, much hyped. Obviously, old rivals, always good fun when they play against each other. Wales love hosting England, but usually that's obviously in the Principality. Uh, it was at the Parker Scarlets this this time round, so that was even the fun of that was taken away from us. Um, England won twenty four thirteen. What did what did you reckon, mate? I didn't think a match between England and Wales could come across as being a bit stale, to be honest. Yeah. For, yeah. I thought there were some good moments. And then, you know, England won again. But it's starting to feel like, is it all about winning? Or do we actually want to, you know, enjoy the games a bit more? Yeah, for, for sure. I think it, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think Eddie, Eddie Jones responded to a comment that, that said, like, his job, his job is to make England win games of rugby, which... It is not arguing with that, but then someone posed the question: then, then whose job is it to to actually entertain the fans? Because yeah. I think that's an important thing. Because at the end of the day, rugby's an entertainment business, and as much as you can talk about, oh, we just want to win the game, does that bring viewership to the sport? Does that raise the profile of the sport? No. Yeah. So, like all the all players seem to want pay rises these days without actually increasing the size of the sport, and it's just bit crazy it is a, it is a bizarre one isn't it because that i mean that kind of game just can you imagine if that was your first game of rugby that you watched like no, what it, what what in that game is going to get you to come back um, not a lot i've got don't really have an answer <laughs> no, no there's not a lot is there i think that it was the most experienced england team ever played and i don't know if because of that that also makes it feel a bit stale. Like, if you think about it, when was the last player who sort of broke into the England starting team and became a regular? That's, there's not been anyone probably since Curry or Underhill. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else has been there for so long. Yeah. I think especially in the back division, it just felt really stale. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did, which which is a shame because we've got, we've just got, like, worldy players. Um, I, to be fair, I, th- I actually thought Ford did look quite lively. I think I think it, I'm not I'm not usually actually his biggest fan, but I did think it was nice to have him back. He like took the ball to the line a little bit and went on a few nice l- little darting runs. So it was nice to have him back. But we just played so little rugby, and it was they couldn't use the excuse that they had last week of oh we didn't have any of the ball because we had so much ball this week. And yeah, still yeah, look, just didn't seem to have any ideas. No. Really? No, it was, it was, I mean, it was a lot of, we're going to kick the ball and we're just going to let, we're basically just going to let Underhill just chase it and smash people, basically. That seemed, that seemed and to that, be the, the play. And with the, you know, the backs not really fluent and they weren't creating anything, you know. We only had, then had two on the bench and one of them's a scrum half to come on because of the split that he picked on the bench. So yeah. It really was a bit of a mess, to be honest, in that back line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, that five-two split sort of shows shows you all you need to know really about how how we're going to play the game. I did think for a, for a second, I did think that uh, Benner was going to get his stint at centre though, because I think Daly Daly took a knock and was was struggling a little bit. They ended up just taping up his his ankle, but Benner was warming up to come on for Daly, which was actually quite exciting. I was I was looking forward to that. It's, it's, I was I was going to say it shows you how. How little we had when we we're both excited about Benno coming on centre <laughs> just to cause some havoc because he's an exciting player. Yeah, that's I think why we like him. He's he comes on, he can do everything. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder sometimes with with Eddie Jones if he if he he's a bit like a chess player mm-hmm. and all his pieces have to fit what he wants from them exactly. Yeah, like he wants his number eight to be big, carry and score pushover tries. Yeah, so like. Does that mean we're going to miss out on having Sam Simmons in that team? Mm-hmm. Not just now, but moving forward. Because if he's looking for that sort of player, he's just going to go for Alex Dombrand, I think, in my opinion. A bit more. I know he's a talented rugby player as well, but a bit more of just a unit. Yeah. Yeah. I actually saw some, I think, I don't know who it was, so apologies for stealing it. But I saw someone ask the question on Twitter, which, I mean, I quite like. What about having Curry at eight? Which then gives us like like it could imagine a back three of like Underhill, Willis, and Curry at the moment, or Underhill, Earl, and, and Curry. 
Because Curry, Curry's a big boy. He carries hard. And like Billy at the moment, like he's good, but I just feel like people have potentially worked him out a little bit. He just He's just massive and he just carries really hard, basically, which Curry can do. So what do you reckon about... Do you think do you think Earl's just not uh, sorry? Do you think um, Curry's just not big enough for for Eddie Jones's desires? No, I think he can do it. He's, he's he seems like you said last week. He seems to just get bigger every time we see him. Yeah, I mean, can can you just imagine how good we'd be at breakdown if we had Underhill, Willis, and Curry all on the pitch? It wouldn't be fair, mate. So that's probably why he's not going to do that. <laughs> just wants to give other people a bit of a chance at the, at the breakdown. He's got to, hasn't he? It was good to see um good to see Anthony Watson back on the pitch. That was good. Um I, I mean I thought Reece Samet actually played really well for Wales. He did, I yeah. Think he made fourteen tackles. Yeah, his defence was exceptional. And actually, like the two times he did get the ball in his hand, it like you do sort of like stand up off your seat a little bit, you're like, Oh crap, here he goes. Um he just didn't quite get that extra yard of space. I remember like Farrell Farrell putting a good tap tackle on him. Anthony Watson made a very good tackle on him. But no, he does. He does look good. Yeah. So, what, what about Wales? Other than other than Reece Samet, what did you think? Josh Adams' worrying run of no tries continues. Yeah, six games without a try now. Struggling. He'd scored six in the previous six before then mm. against the likes of New Zealand and South Africa. So I'm not quite sure what's what's happening with him. I thought I thought their young back row they stood up and did all right to be honest against England. You yep. know, yep. Uh, Hughes and Botham and Falatau looked. You know, a little bit more like himself because we've not seen much from him in probably his last six, seven games. To yeah. be honest. Yeah, agreed. I, 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 I think I just I love Falatar's footwork. I just think he he's so good at, at doing some footwork just before the contact, which just always gets him gets him that, that extra few yards. I think the Wales front row will be having nightmares about that match oh, for God. a while. Jesus, especially Samson Lee. Poor lad. He's literally and, he's literally in there. To scrummage. That's literally the only reason he's getting picked because he's supposedly Wales' best scrummager and he just got absolutely torn to shreds. Ryan, Ryan Elias doesn't seem like he can hit a bond or with a line oh, out at the God, minute the as line well. Out, yeah, I know. They are miss- yeah, they're missing Ken Owens, aren't they, there for sure. Yeah. I do like Wynn Jones as a rugby player, though. I think he's got something about him. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with the that. Scrum, the scrum just wasn't great. No, no, I agree. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Callum Sheedy as well. I, I completely understand why they would pick bigger to start a game. Completely understand it. But do you pick again? This wasn't me. I think, I think Flatman might have said it on commentary potentially. Um, but do you pick like if you've got bigger and Sheedy, one of them has been okay in the Premiership for the last year. One of them has been carving up in the Premiership and in Europe for the last year, but then you pick the one that's not actually as good. Yeah, I'm not sure why. It's just we, we've seen it with England and as well, really, because mm. I don't think Farrell's been brilliant for Saracens. I don't think Ford, if you look at Leicester Tigers last season with Ford in the team that were horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Smith. And and Simmons can't even get in the squad yeah, to, for, yeah. to have a look at. Yeah, I know, I know. But I, I mean, to be fair, at least at least with England at the moment, it's working. And obviously, it was working with Wales for a long time. They had a great year last year and are just struggling at the moment. But I just, I just, I don't know. They're not they're not big enough or like brutal enough to to out out physical teams. So then just throw in someone that actually wants to play some rugby and give the ball to Josh Adams and give the ball to Reece Samet and just see what they can do rather than just punting up and unders all game. Well, like you said, the, those two wingers are... I know I you know, got Doug Adams out a bit before, but he's excellent. He's just been starved of the ball. At the exactly, moment. yeah, exactly. I don't I don't think it's necessarily his fault that he hasn't scored for, for a few games, to be honest. He just hasn't, hasn't had the ball. Sure. But yeah, that was it. Um, nice, to, nice for Johnny Williams to score. I thought um, having scored last year for England against the Barbarians, that was a nice little moment. Um, so yeah, Wales got off to a good start, but England just just a bit a bit too good in the end, really. Or Wales a bit too bad. I'm not sure which way around it was, to be honest. Yeah, and we won't find out next week either because France aren't even going to bring. A, I know. Bring a team basically. Yeah, we'll we'll come on Devastate. to that. We'll come on to that in a little bit. But what I mean, it, it's sort of. 
it sort of devalues the whole competition, really. But yeah, we'll we'll come on to that. Um, so yeah, that meant that I uh, sorry England have topped uh, Pool A of the Autumn Nations Cup uh, pretty comfortably in the end on thirteen points. Um, so yeah, they will. Spoiler alert: they will take on France next week. Uh, so the other game on Saturday, um, apart from the the Scotland Fiji game, which was cancelled, so a hell of a win for Scotland there, twenty eight nil. Um, but the other game that was actually played on Saturday was France against Italy, with France winning with their B team 36 points to 5. Steve, did you watch it? What did you think? Those Italian backs can kick the ball a long way. <laughs> they, they can, I don't but, have but a, I would ask if they should. <laughs> well, I'm not even sure they kick it in the right direction sometimes. Nah. It's just, they're never looking for a touch finder. It's just always booted up. They come straight back, yeah. but that was they were quite impressive boots, at least. I'm yeah. trying to take a positive out of it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I thought, as thought, aimless kicks go, they were they weren't bad ones. Yeah, I, I thought France were very effective with what they did, and and if this is their B team, you know, you've got to look at their strength and depth as being quite impressive now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, you know, you look at that halfback partnership, and. Nearly other any other team in Europe would take that half back part. Yeah, they, they were they were very impressive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and I think that I think that's a really important point actually because there's been so much hype and rightly so about the Dupont and Untermac like sort of pairing and relationship, but you just throw Serran and Jaliver in together and they're just also very very good at rugby. So yeah, that's what we like players who are very good at rugby Mate, that's what we're all about here on the not another rugby podcast either that or just in the case of you vivian big people <laughs> absolute units <laughs> um but yeah i mean i don't think there's massive amounts to take away other than it's italy just i don't know whether they confuse me or upset me or annoy me but are they getting better at rugby are they not getting better at rugby their backs seem to be better but then they just all they do is just absolutely twat the ball 80 metres down the pitch. Like, what, what, what is going on with Italy? It's like, you know, when you when those old cartoons where there's like a hole and you cover that hole with tape and then another hole appears. <laughs> that's that's how, what I feel like with Italy. Every time they sort of fix something, something else breaks. Yeah. So, like, like you say, you used to think, oh, well, the back three is not great. I think the back three is quite good now, but then their front row, which used to be incredible, is now not quite yeah. as good. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. And, and then, like, obviously with Pelledri out for, I think, the whole season as well, that is a big loss because he provides a lot of go-forward and front football for them. So, yeah, it's it's a tough one for them. But, I, I mean, I, I was actually quite looking forward to the game because of France's squad. I thought it was actually going to be a real, real good game of rugby, but no, not so much. I think the one positive for France is those those players took that game very seriously and they played like it was a proper test match. Yeah. Like they didn't take Italy and those players showed that, you know, they can come into that France team and probably perform just as well. Yeah, yeah, which bodes really well. And actually yeah, like the the sort of I mean they might make make me say something different, but that, that, that cliche of, of doing something that is so French like like looking really impressive but losing game against Italy that seems to have seems to have potentially gone now they seem to have a really good mentality and a really good approach within the squad which is exciting for the French and a bit worrying maybe for the English very worrying yeah yeah right and then on Sunday we had well I I actually thought this was probably the best game of the weekend to be fair we had Ireland Ireland take on Georgia Um, Ireland won 23-10 in the end probably just proved to be a little bit too good but Georgia Georgia actually showed up and showed what they're about a little bit. I think when you consider how much tier one rugby Georgia have had, they've got a real good team. Mm. They're a really good team. Yeah. And I think, you know, if they're playing games on home turf, they will cause upsets. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, agreed. Because we've seen it quite a few times, but their backs can actually play. Yeah. Yeah, they had some love, some really, really nice shape, um, which, I mean, they had great shape for for the try they scored, which was a... A worldy finish in the end, but but the actual the actual attacking shape to get them through that gap in the first base was like was proper proper good. Yeah, I think of Ireland, it's not quite the same. No, they seem to still be struggling a little bit, don't they? I think. Yeah, 
there's been a lot of criticism on social media of, of Andy Farrell. I saw one Ireland supporter calling for Stuart Lancaster to get the job. So you know, you know, there's some discontent in the camp when that happens. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not it's not a bad shout, is it? I mean, Lancaster. When you speak to players that are involved at Leinster, I mean, not that I have, but when when I listen to players that speak about him that are involved at Leinster, they all absolutely rave about him and say he's say he's amazing. Say he's like level of detail is amazing, like best technical coach they've ever had. It's just. I think with him, it's the question of whether he wants to be the main man, like he was at England, which went pretty abysmally, and whether he actually has the capability to do it. I think, I think him as an actual technical coach, I think he's one of one of the very best. But it's just whether he has any desire to be that main man again. Yeah, and I feel like the the scars of of twenty fifteen yeah, will still be there, and definitely. I think he's doing such a good job that. He should just stick at it, really. Yeah. Obviously, it would be nice to see him in a top job again, but I think he's probably better off sticking in the domestic game before jumping straight back into the internationals. Agreed. Yeah, it might it might be one of those that I mean, if if Farrell maybe thinks he thinks he needs a bit of help or wants to get someone in, he might be a good shout to get get in as like a as a coach or as a almost like a bit of a consultant, maybe. But yeah, I mean, they are struggling a bit. I mean, if we what have they done this? This series, they they beat a very poor Wales Wales side. Um, they got battered by England, and now they've relatively narrowly beaten Georgia. It's not it's not the resounding success they were probably hoping for, but but I think we mentioned it last week. They're just in a bit of a transition phase, aren't they? Yeah, I think Ireland are in transition. You know, you, it's just you look at that back division, and they've lo- basically they sort of were built around Murray and Sexton. So now those two aren't performing. It is like a complete rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Billy Burns looked good again, I thought. I like him. I think he yeah. I think he he deserves that shirt, to be honest. I think he's been one of the better players. I agree. Yeah, scored a scored a lovely try, which is actually really nice from from Farrell as well to to set him up for that. And looked good. Just unfortunately he had to go off with a knock again, which is a shame. Uh, and then Ross Byrne came on and looked distinctly average yet again. So, so yeah, but Burns is the man for me. Yeah, and after I give all my praise to CJ Stander last week, he looked pretty average this week. So. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. I tried my best for him, but yeah. he let me down. Poor CJ. Poor lad. I know. Right, and then uh, so that's it for Alter Nations Cup. And then the other international rugby of the weekend, we had Argentina take on New Zealand, with New Zealand looking for a bit of revenge from a couple of weeks ago. And boy, did they get their revenge! Uh, they won thirty-eight nil against the uh, against the Pumas, um, which, to be fair, was, was like I think three of those tra- three of those tries were late on, um, while they were trying to play a bit of rugby. Will Jordan got like two intercept tries off the bench, so probably doesn't quite reflect the game, but. Also, Argentina didn't offer loads, to be fair. I don't think it'll matter a great deal to them, to be honest. I think they got that win a few... You know, obviously, it's not great, but they still got that win a few weeks ago. They're still building. Yeah. And this, I think they've probably just ran out of steam a bit after, you know, back-to-back weeks of huge performances. They've had two huge games, and I don't think their preparation going into these games had been, you know, ideal. No. So they're probably just a bit... A bit tired, to be honest, and yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think it affect it'll affect the morale of the camp too much, to be honest. No, no, I could completely agree. Like over a year without Test rugby, couldn't even train. They were training in their gardens and in their lounges. So yeah, I mean, if you'd offered them at the start a win against New Zealand and a, and a draw against Australia, I think they'd have they'd have bitten your hand off and be, and been very happy with that. So, so yeah, hopefully exciting things to come from the Argentinians. And then we had another great weekend, actually like a genuinely great weekend of Gallagher Premiership Rugby. Um, starting again on Friday night, mate. We'll start with it again. The Falcons taking on sale, Battle of the North at home. A 15-13 win. Now, I'll, I'll talk just for a second and then I'll let you go. What? But, what are you going to say? I, I, all, all I'm going to say, I'm just going to throw it out there and say that it was until the last. I'll, I'll give it like the last eight minutes because because Sale scored as well within those last eight or nine minutes. It was one of the most boring games of rugby I've ever seen. That's fantastic. Um, but then, yeah. like, it, I mean, it pays to go to the end, doesn't it? Like, what a finish! What a finish! Go on, mate. I'll let you go. You go for it. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, I think 
it was one of those games where it was so tight. And when you're invested in one of the teams, yeah. it's really quite enjoyable because it is so tight. It is tense. There's a lot of big hits. But I can understand why a neutral watching it would be like, <laughs> you know, falling asleep. But because I was so into the game and so wanted to win, every moment was like important to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I think that's why I personally enjoyed it. And I've also I was I've been tipping Luther Burrell for an England recall because mm. he's carrying like a like a ball. He's he's looking fantastic and, and some lovely hands as well. Like like two or three like real nice long range passes out out to the wingers. Like yeah, he does he does look good. And if if Eddie Jones is trying to find someone to you know go into his Manu Tulagi yeah. slot, yeah, he's tried Ollie Lawrence. Ollie hasn't unfortunately not really done the business. Could be the return of Lufa. I don't I don't hate it. I think yeah, I mean that wouldn't that wouldn't actually massively surprise me because Jones has picked him before. He like he I think he does he does like what he's about. Um so yeah, it'd be interesting. Interesting to see. And a, a lovely try at the end to win it to be fair. Don't know what Toby Flood's doing out on the wing, but but what a tr- what a lovely try. I've got absolutely no idea. Just to Go hence back to last week again. I thought Gary Graham played really well again yeah, as well. Yeah, he carried like a, like a monster. Still yeah. surprised he hasn't been called up by Scotland, but well, you yeah. know, as you say, that, that won't happen. That, I think it. I think it might happen. I mean, although they're they're just they're sort of like recycling a, a bunch of number eights and still trying to find the right one, aren't they? So it'll be interesting to see. Definitely deserves his shot. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I would agree with that. So yeah, hell of a win, hell of a win for the Falcons. Um, two from two at the start of the season. I mean, yeah, what do you reckon, mate? Are we you going to win the league or what? Well, I said last time we beat Bath on the opening day, we won the league. So it looks like we're just on the march to it now. I think I think it's it's almost inevitable at this point. I reckon. I think so. I think we might as well just end it now. Give us the trophy. <laughs> Right, okay, let's move on. On Saturday, we had uh, a lot of fixtures. We had Saints against Quinns, Bristol against Worcester, Gloucester against Wasps, Chiefs against Bath, and uh, lots of points scored. Um, So Northampton were hosting Quinns, and they lost 49-29. I think we'll definitely come back to that one. Bristol beat Worcester 30 points to 13 at home. Gloucester beat Wasps 40 points to 24 at home. And Chiefs beat Bath. 40 points to three at home, still yet to concede a try this season, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Saints-Quins, mate. What a game that was. Jesus. I think that was a really entertaining game. I think it's the most points Saints have ever conceded in a home match in the Premiership as well. So oh, wow. not a great record to be beating. But, you know, Quins looked really good, which probably just shows you how really good Exeter are after they yeah. pulverised them last week. Yeah, that's, that's a scary thought, isn't it? How... <laughs> how average Quinns looked last week and how good they were this week. I was very, very impressed with them. They played some proper, proper UA rugby. thought Danny Kerr was just ridiculous. He, he he almost just seems like, I don't know. I don't know whether it's because he's getting into the twilight of his career, whether he doesn't have, I mean, he's, I think he's sort of been told he's out of the picture for England. So whether he doesn't have that pressure to worry about, but he just seems to be playing with so much freedom and just seems to be really enjoying his rugby and just, playing like bloody bloody well he's always really been my favorite english scrum half to yeah be honest, yeah me too yeah I, I i can understand why jones you see him on the bench because he is a he, he is a player who can come on and change a game because yeah. he's got like you say he's got that wonderful creative way of playing but I, yeah I'm, I'm just disappointed he's not still in england for him to be honest a little bit yes yeah. i just didn't just enjoy watching him play he's like you said He's someone that the neutrals will enjoy watching. Yeah, for unlike sure. Unlike Mickey Young for Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, I did like how how Mickey Young got under uh, under Faf's skin though. I enjoyed that. To be fair, that was good. Um, but, yeah. But yeah, very very impressive stuff from Quinns. Will be. In, I mean, it's be, yeah interesting to see how they go how they go next week because like got smashed last week, smashed Saints this week. So next week we might see it balance out a little bit, but we'll we'll see. Um, Bristol Worcester thirty point to thirteen. Not loads to say on it, really. Bristol just just a bit too good. And then Gloucester beat Wast 40-24. Um, and again, looked very good, to be fair. This was another an, another really good game. But yeah, Gloucester looked, Gloucester looked good. 
didn't even need Danny Cipriani. Who needs Cipriani, mate? Who needs him? Yeah. You, you think about it, though, you bring Cipriani back into that team and they'll be a very effective unit, I think. And Definitely. you think they're missing Zamet and May as well. Yeah. Yeah, and still still had a back three of Seabrook, Thorley and Woodward. So they're still doing all right. I know. Yeah, and I'm a bit I'm a big I'm a big Mark Atkinson fan. I think he like really gets them ticking. Twelve trees look great. Evans did fine at, at, at Fly Half, so yeah, no, they, they look good. Really good. I've always liked that so now. I always thought he was just the sort of player who didn't fit Eddie Jones mould, did he, at any yeah. point. Yeah, just exactly. Didn't matter how well he played. But but I mean he he doesn't fit the mould in who he is, but I mean he, he sort of does in another way because he is that second playmaker. Um yeah. So, but he's just, he's not Owen Farrell, basically, so. No, you're right. And, I mean, to be fair, Wasp played some quite nice stuff as well. Um, just a bit a bit too leaky, really. Yeah, you just can't afford to be doing that at this level. No, no. If you concede 40 points, you're probably going to struggle, I reckon. Uh, which was also the case for Bath against Chiefs. I don't even know what to say about Chiefs anymore, mate, to be honest. They just seem to be, they just seem to be way way too good. Two more tries for Sam Simmons. Probably the try of the season from O'Flaherty, which, I mean, how he's finished that, I just got no idea. I mean, they've, they've I swapped... I had to double, I had to double take it. I saw the clip of it and I was like, what? Did he just do that? Yeah, mate, they've swapped Santiago Cordero out for his little brother, Fundico Cordero, and he just looks ridiculous as well at fullback. It just works. Yeah. Everyone knows what they're doing. They've yeah. got a game plan. and But they... Their game plan allows them to still have that flair. Yeah. Which I think is what we really want from from what we were chatting earlier, is what we want from England. You know, yes, have that solid game plan, that monstrous pack, those pushover tries, but also be able to throw the ball about a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at their their starting back five, mate. They've got they've got Don Armand and Sam Skinner at four and five. And then they've got a back row of Ewers, Kirsten and Simmons. Like that is just brutal. Kirsten is a player who I think every time I see him play, I just my ribs hurt watching him play. Yeah, he's just such a huge impact. He's so aggressive, isn't he? He's like a runaway bus sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But you mate, and Ewers is the same, mate. He's just, he's just, he's just a mutant. They're just there to just hit people really, really hard. It's all a bit mean, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. And then, but I mean, Bath were really underwhelming, but I'm just not even sure. I don't think we need to get too stuck into them because of, because they're playing Chiefs, and I just don't know. I don't really know what anyone's going to do against Chiefs at the moment. So they weren't great, think, but what are they supposed to do? You know. I feel like Bath built their good season last year on their front row, and they're just missing yeah. two thirds of that at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. I think that's. So I think that's what's gone wrong with them. Yeah, because I had. And then the, obviously they're missing a few backs as well, but yeah. Again, I obviously I put him on my Lions team last week. I put Thock and a singer in the Lions team, but he's a bit being a bit underwhelming at the moment. But again, starved of ball. That's the that Same, is the yeah. word to sum up Bath for like the last yeah ten years. Is for, underwhelming. Yeah, underwhelming. Yeah, always have a really good but squad. Maybe longer. Always have always have the cash to get some good players in, and just never quite never quite do it. Lovely city though. Lovely city, lovely city. Yeah, if you if you want a nice walk around, Bath's a good place to go to. Oh, or the smiles are nice as well. Yeah. I can see why they get good players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then on Sunday we had uh, Irish take on London Irish take on Leicester, and London Irish bounced back from their defeat against Worcester last week with a twenty-two-nine win over the Tigers, and the Tigers looked very impressive last week. So a little bit topsy-turvy this week for some games, um, but yeah, Irish looked good. That bottom of the table is going to be very interesting. It is. It is. It could be anybody. How long until it gets ring fenced, do you reckon? As soon as Bath are bottom of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that could be right. I think it's coming. You know, there's been chat about it for years, but I, I just feel like with the champ, is the championship going to be able to go ahead? They're not sure. Mm. So you, you may see that suggestion of a. 14-team premiership revealing go ahead next year. Yeah. I think, I think you might see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. Wouldn't surprise me. But but yeah, I mean, Irish Irish look good, to be fair. they, I mean, they were a bit a bit like Bath, I guess, a bit underwhelming last year. But, you know, you look at their 
you look at their squad, I, I quite like it. I mean, their, their back line, Meehan at nine with Phipps coming off the bench. Paddy Jackson looked great at 10. Meeks and Rona caused chaos in the centres. They got gas on the wing with Hassel Collins and Loder and and Homer's very, very solid at 15. So, I, I mean, I think they can I think they can win some games this year, for sure. Yeah. They've got Kokonasia Jr. as well coming through. They've oh, got, do they? Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the two centres they've got coming through are Joseph and Kokonasia. Oh, really? Joseph's little brother. Oh, that's the cool. two little brothers. Okay, that's cool. London Irish have always produced great players, though, when you look, yeah. look at half the Bath team. Yeah, yeah. A little, almost like the... Uh, the Southampton of, of rugby, I guess. They are actually. That's a good. That's a good comparison. Yeah. And yeah, that was uh, that was it for the Premiership. Actually, a, a pretty pretty exciting and pretty enjoyable weekend of Premiership rugby, which made up for the uh, for the less exciting international stuff. Um, and as ever, there was plenty of uh, plenty of Pro fourteen and top fourteen, and uh, some great games in the the women's Allianz Premier fifteens as well. Like Loughborough absolutely dominating Darlington fifty seven three was probably the standout of there. Uh, but yeah, very, very good weekend of rugby. So just before we round up, mate, well, let's do some predictions for next week's uh, final round of Ooh. Autumn Nations Cup. Exciting. So, Georgia-Fiji, let's assume, it, let's assume it takes place. I don't think it's going to, but let's assume it takes place. What do you reckon? I think Georgia will win 15-10 if it goes ahead. Just because Fiji can't have been doing any training. No, no, they literally can't. They literally can't have been, <laughs> no. No, but do but do they need to? Probably not. They'll just have Radradras just score three tries or something. I mean, I think they I think they're they're going to have if they play. I think they're going to have Randrandra, Tuasova, and Namani Nadolo in the backs at the very least. And I can't. I'm definitely missing a couple. But I mean, Georgia Georgia were quite impressive this weekend. But I don't know. I think it would be. I think it should be a good game. To be fair. It should be a good game. So I do hope it goes ahead. It would be good. Fingers crossed. And then Ireland, Scotland. Again, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good one, I reckon. My prediction, Ireland 12, Scotland 22. Nice. I'm going to go, I don't know if it's going to even be that that high scoring. I'm going to go Scotland, Scotland 15, Ireland 12. So I've just, one less try for Scotland. We're both basically. back Scotland. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Uh, Wales, Italy? You've got to back Wales. I think even, so. I'll go for Wales 25, Italy 5. Yeah, I, th- I think al- although Wales didn't show loads against England, they showed more than Italy did against France. So I, I agree with that. I just don't want to be hurt by Italy again. Every time I predict them to do all right, it just embarrass me. <laughs> right, and then the... The big one, the, the the final that is actually a bit underwhelming because a bunch of the French players can't play. England-France on Sunday at Twickenham. England's A team against France's B team. What do we think? I think it'll be um, 2010 to England. Cause I, I want to predict England will you know, win comfortably, but I predicted they'd win comfortably this weekend and they didn't really. They didn't thrash Wales at all. So no. I'm going to say 2010. 2010 to England, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I think I think France might score more points than that, which then becomes a bit of a worry because we don't look like scoring a whole heap of points. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 18-15 to France. Bold. Which is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they can't even play Saran this weekend either, but... Why not? Let's throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Let's get, let's go for France. It will look great if it comes in, and if it doesn't, I can just pretend I never said it. You're gonna, so you're, you're gonna put your cash on it? Oh, I don't know. I might I might look at the odds if it's if it's worth putting if it's worth putting a five on. I might, but we'll see. Might get a decent handicap. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I'll have a look. Gamble responsible people. <laughs> um, right, mate. Anything else before we uh, before we round up? Is that your ambulance? That is the uh, the customary, not another rugby podcast ambulance, just going past the window there. It is indeed. What a great way to end. <laughs> that's, that's probably the sign, isn't it? That this episode has died a death and it, it needs to stop. Yeah. But yeah, any any final thoughts, mate, or should we wrap it up? Oh No, just wrap it up, mate. 
Okay. We haven't decided on a topic for next week, but if you've got any ideas, you know, tweet them at Rock Rugby. Yes, great idea. Good shout. Yeah, so that's a that's a good one from Steve. So so that is it for episode two of Not Another Rugby Podcast, um, which is brought to you by rock.co.uk and Altius Images. Uh, but yeah, for next week, we do not have a topic just yet. So get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Ruck Rugby there. And on Instagram, we are at ruck.co.uk. And you can visit our website, ruck.co.uk, for all of the latest rugby news and features. Did we miss any one cap wonders? Please do get in touch with us on the socials and let us know. And also any ideas for future topics that you'd like to hear us talk about, let us know about those as well. Have a great week. Enjoy next weekend. There is lots more rugby to watch. Hopefully the international stuff will be a little bit more exciting. Thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe to, rate and share the podcast. And we will see you next week after the final weekend of the Autumn Nations Cup. Bye-bye.